can you believe it? It's the middle of March, and for most of the country, it's a one-year anniversary of that lockdown thing. Hey, it's your boy Flobo, and this is Draped in Gold, the unofficial NXT UK NXT after show. We're broadcasting live currently on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and Twitch. Brought to you by GameAware. Do you have a favor? Hit up GMRware.com. Use promo code Flobo for a discount. But as always, I am not alone. We're talking with the guy who makes me mad every Wednesday night in our sister show, Elite of the Week, and he loves to do it. Give it up for the real Jack Farmer. What's going on, sir? I don't love making you angry. I just wish deep down you knew you needed to change your opinions. What? Is that not the same thing? <laughs> You'll always be my best dress, though. Appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little casual today, but I still got a collar. That's what's important. That's what's important. I think the only time I wear a collar is on your show. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. I'm You're looking very American today, by the way. It's the only like UE shirt I have. You. <laughs> <laughs> if I wear it to my barbecue cookouts, if we have them. You know, uh, I wonder, do you get, if you were to, uh, you know, assuming we had big gatherings again and you were to wear that out and about, I wonder if people who don't know wrestling would think the undisputed era is like a, a phrase for America being powerful or something. I don't know. Oh, you're right. I might end up with some kind of list or something. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Where are you at the Capitol? <laughs> I'm in the airport going, boom, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> That's Adam Cole's thing. <laughs> DrapeToGold.com, more information about that. Jack Farmer, let's talk about NXT UK. A lot of things are happening for this week and next. Uh, what up, Adam? How's up? Hey. hey. And we'll cut through all of that, but top down. Um, our main event was our first ever intergender, well, Mixed tag, actually. It was a first mixed tag match, Jack Stars, and your friend, Piper Niven, against Ginny and Joseph Connors with Piper Niven in the Braun Strowman spot, using Jack uh, Stars as an actual bag of potatoes. That's about the match in the main event tonight. I thought that it was an absolute travesty. I'm with Nigel McGinnis. He made the comment here. It was completely fraudulent how this whole thing turned out the rules are clear they stayed him in the very beginning and the referee saw not once but twice piper niven lay her hands on joseph connors even hitting that piper driver on him and did he disqualify her the way he was supposed to no he let it slide because once again Everyone in NXT UK seems to want to give Piper Niven everything she wants all the time. If she had any decency, she would go to Saint's office right now and tell him to reverse the decision and give the win to Ginny and Joseph Connors as they deserve because she cheated. Well, first of all, I commend you thinking that Johnny Estates burned the midnight oil as it's 9 p.m. local time. But I will say this. Is it a kind of like understood that the official has a right to some leniency when it comes to the rules? Some leniency? She hit her finishing move on him in the middle of the ring. If someone had ran out there and hit Piper Niven with a finishing move, then we would have disqualified him. We wouldn't have said, well, you know, the referee has some leniency to it. She literally attacked someone she was not supposed to attack. If Valkyrie ran out there and just started attacking Piper Niven out of nowhere, we would have said, yeah, throw the match out. This was completely ridiculous. There's no 
no getting around this. The referee was looking straight on as it happened, acknowledged it happened, but then did nothing to rectify the situation. That's what the referee is there for. Someone needs to get order in there, and they need to do it quickly and stop letting Piper Niven just throw the rules out whenever she wants to. I wonder how many wrestlers on the Annex UK roster you're in the payroll for. But I think Jenny's definitely one of them. She was on the losing end of this matchup. What's next for her? Does she try to get her comeuppance against Piper? Or is it kind of like a lost cause? She should focus on that uh, NXT Women's Championship. Should Jenny focus on yeah. the championship? Yeah. yeah. yeah is I this think over? Well, look, I think in general, you need to focus on the women's championship. If you're, if you are in this industry, you need to focus on the championship. Um, <laughs> Now, Jenny did just take a hard loss uh, to the, the champ just recently, though. So I'm a believer. you got to reestablish yourself. Uh, pers personally, I think Jenny and uh, Mako should have a, a go at it. And I think they should have a see who should win between those two before either one of them gets another shot at the championship. I actually would see a Jenny and Mako side of more match. What up, Flap? Uh, yeah, that'd be actually, that would be a banger, as you would say. That's going to yeah. be a good one. I mean, I think uh, I, I think that's what would be uh, the best thing. But to Jenny's credit, I don't know about you, but uh, and they did mention on commentary, Joseph Connor seems to have a, a new bit of confidence to him. And it, I think it showed in the ring. And he looked better than he's looked in a long time now that he's been associating with Jenny for a while. Hate to say it, and I hate to admit it, but you're right. Joseph Connors is a brand new man, a little bit more swagger in his step. I'm not sure if there's seminars. I'm not sure if Jenny's like, just follow me around and don't say anything. Whatever Jenny's doing, it's rubbing off on Joseph Connors. And I think, despite the result today, we're going to see a lot more from him in a positive light. And I hate to say it, because that makes make sure that you're, you're right, and I can't stand that. Yeah, well, you know, it's something <laughs> I'm used to. Speaking of things that I'm not used to, <laughs> uh, the former Ben Carter has a brand new name. Nathan Frazier looks like we had a little bit more of a training videos like we were saying. We're, we've seen all the training videos and even more training videos, but now it's under a new name. This takes me back to when Johnny Nitro decided to be John Morrison, but we were talking about this offline. Is that the right call for young Ben Carter or Nathan Frazier? You know, it's... Um, there's probably legal reasons for the name change so i'm not gonna waste a bunch of time talking about why they shouldn't do it because i think if they're doing it there's clearly a reason for it to happen it is a bummer that they've spent so much time and so much video already introducing him under a different name only to change the name uh, i just wish if, if they were going to do this then ben carter acted more a little bit like Shaw Samuels and just yelled at everyone in the middle of his <laughs> until he made the change instead of letting it drag on this long. But, um, I, you know, I think it's one of those things where there's, there's ink and paper that says this has to happen. It's a bummer that they've already promoted him as Ben Carter for so long, but I think in a few months we'll be over it and we'll just know him as Nathan Frazier and it'll all be fine. It is kind of funny how a couple of weeks ago we were just outright confused about the Shaw Samuels thing. And I was like, yeah, man, do that. Right. <laughs> just, just, just scream your name to people. Uh, I, maybe if he came out and maybe if this wasn't – maybe that's why they did this as a video instead of in the ring this time because they didn't want that to happen again. <laughs> right. We're changing your name backstage. You're off this week. <laughs> uh, you know, I I understand it for whatever reason outside of the show and the, and the behind the curtain and all that. But I would like an in-story reason. 
You know, if I'm watching a, a actual comic book, you know, when Captain America said, I didn't like my country anymore, I'm going on my own, I'm calling myself Nomad, that's a story beat. So I don't know, I, I would have taken like a relative or a personal trainer, like the first train, something. Uh, it was kind of out the blue, but hey, the talent's the same, so I can't get mad with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, moving on though, speaking of can't get mad, I know who is mad. Amir Jordan, something is afoot with Kenny Williams in their match against Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. They got the result of Jordan and Williams, but they don't seem too pleased about it because Williams went to a dark place. Jack Farmer, I knew it. Last week I was like, there's something up with that Kenny Williams bloke. But what's happening is something I couldn't tell. You know what's happening is Kenny Williams is realizing that he needs to do whatever it takes to get wins. And I'm so proud of him not being someone who's just going to shell up like a scared turtle, but instead is breaking out and doing anything it takes. He Look, there was some stuff going on. He wasn't the one that attacked the referee he got shoved into the referee there was incidental contact now he could have stopped everything for some like i said incidental contact but no he said look i'm going to take advantage of this moment and i'm going to get a win sometimes with pro wrestling especially in tag team matches as you know you've got to just roll with what happens and you got to make things happen in the fly and kenny williams he did what it took if amir jordan doesn't want to get wins Maybe he should find a different job that doesn't require things like trying to take advantage of situations. Kenny Williams doing everything right. I think this was a great showing for him. And he's really on an upward trajectory, um, even more so than his own tag team partner, the way I'm seeing it. All fair points, and I agree with it. I agree with that idea. Get all the wins you can, and it was a forceful one, and strike while the iron's hot. But where you and I may have diverged is that there wasn't a shred of remorse when your partner says hey man look i wasn't cool there was no attempt to explain himself there was no attempt to be like no what really happened was this it was kind of like a shrug going what do you want me to do oh no and i think the communications breakdown whether you're right or not jack farmer because i know you think i'm defending amir jordan i'm just saying when there's a communications breakdown that opens up the wedge to a disillusion or dissolving of a tag team does it not it's called being professional. Listen, if you get a win, you don't need to you don't need to justify winning in any way. You don't need to communicate. You communicate by having your hand raised. That's all the communication you do. If Amir Jordan has an issue with it, then you need to discuss that behind closed doors. I was completely flabbergasted when Amir mid-match was having issues and problems and trying to discuss them with Kenny Williams. Look, that was completely unprofessional. I don't know what Amir Jordan was thinking. That's stuff you do in the planning room, separate from where all this is happening, separate from the action. But to do it right in the middle there, to have an emotional breakdown the way Amir Jordan did, I couldn't believe it. And if I'm Kenny Williams, I may be talking to him and saying, look, man, if you can't hang with me, you need to go hang with someone else. I just want to see uh, a giant dust up in a baseball game or in a hockey game and then have Jacks there go, guys, 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 hold it till after the match. That doesn't work like Sometimes emotions happen. That's why they're professionals in that way. They're passionate in what they do, no? I've never been watching any sporting event where someone let the emotions get the best of them and they have some outburst that has nothing to do with the situation and me think to myself, that was the right call. When you see players from football games get uh, ejected or when you see flags get thrown because people can't keep their heads cool, you're never happy about it. You're never proud of them. You're always saying, what are you do, doing? Keep your head in the game. 
That's what Amir Jordan needs to do. That's what Kenny Williams should be telling Amir Jordan, not explaining how he won. He should be saying, look, you need to keep your head in the game and look for opportunities the way Kenny Williams did. Speaking about individuals taking things backstage, it looks like Wild Boar's on the outs with Eddie Dennis because Eddie Dennis felt that he left the pack, perhaps willingly, leaving them to be picked apart by uh, Morgan, uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Mark Andrews. Wild Boar looks like he's out permanently. I mean, he's been whisked away into the darkness. Now, was this the right call, Jack? Iron sharpens iron. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Continue. That's what I'm. I think the fact here is, I think what Eddie Dennis did, always being smart, always trying to improve his situation, always trying to create a better team. He saw a weak link. He saw that. How is it any different than what happened with Williams and Jordan? It's a problem. They're trying to solve it. He saw that Wild Boar left the team hanging. And because of that, Eddie Dennis was attacked brutally and unfairly. And rightfully so. Brutally and unfairly. If unfairly in street fight. <laughs> if you're a manager and you have the opportunity to upgrade, you take it. Now, I don't know who this new addition is, but he looks big. He looks mean. And I think that this team, the Hunt, is going to be more dangerous and more capable of winning titles than ever. Now, what would have been a stupid idea is to continue to keep trying to win the titles with the same team and not working. That's what insanity is, Flobo, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah, I try to rationalize with you. Every week I try and I fail miserably. This is so. Speaking of failing miserably, it makes sense. You're a Mets fan. If you, if oh, a cheap heat, Jack. Come on. If your team was smart, the GM would say, "Look, these players aren't winning. I got to get rid of the bad ones and bring in good ones." And that's what Eddie Dennis is doing. He's saying to himself, "Listen." The team's not going to win with this roster. I need to ship off the guys who aren't pulling their weight and bring in some heavy hitters. That's what he did. It's first, first of all, first of all, Jack Hole, Jack Hole. And second of all, Francisco Lindor, man. I'm just saying. I'm just, I have to be the voice of reason on this show. And I hate doing it because you're so off the rails all the time. You cheap heat. I've never been I don't I, I challenge anyone to disagree with me on anything I've said, particularly on what you call cheap heat. Nothing I do is cheap though, Flo, but everything I do is custom made. That was custom made heat, as we oh, call yeah. it. <laughs> Suit tailored made heat. Uh, tailored made heat. Moving on before I walk off my own show, uh, we, had, <laughs> we had a debut of Tailmon taking on Dragonheart Danny Jones in a match that went a little longer than I thought it would be. I don't want to lead you. Uh, just thoughts overall before we get into nitty gritty. You know, I think you and I had the same uh, feelings about this. Don't laugh, lap. I expected that um, uh, that this would be a very one-sided, quick victory. I thought, if anything, Danny Jones kind of surprised me, being able to hang in there and, and tough it out a bit. Now, um, and, and I want to make sure that I'm pronouncing the name of Talaman, right? Uh, I had Tioman, but you could be Tioman. Tioman. Um, he was, uh, I thought he was tenacious. He was tough. I think that winning with that cross face looked cool. I did like his look. I think he's got a really cool look. He reminds me of a, um, 
of a, a, a longer haired Christian Bale, you know, um, kind of look. And uh, I think his music was cool and it stood out. I think someone's going to stand out on that brand a lot. But for the debut match, I did expect a little bit more dominance than we got here today. I'm a little bit confused and I don't want to write another human being off as uh, being derivative. But if I was going to watch this as a person watching a fictional program, I remember seeing, hey, you know what? Whatever happened to Josh Burrell? Whatever happened to Noam Dar? And I was like, that's a problem if someone's debuting. And I'm thinking about other performers on that same brand and roster. Maybe it's just unfair. Maybe you can't be on board with one match. Sometimes characters take time. I look at guys like Dave Mastiff or, um, or Matt Riddle or even Apollo Crews. Uh, it took me a while for me to be on board with them. Maybe I'll get another shot for them, but I was expecting a little bit more in this matchup here, but Danny Jones stood, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Went to limit, maybe I want to see more of him as well. It's interesting that we keep talking about Danny Jones in this case, but I think the thing that took me off and, and that maybe I was expecting, and maybe this is what you were expecting as well, I don't know, but we were watching these video packages building up to his arrival and there was so much imagery and so many sort of messages being sent throughout those videos, but I didn't see any of that today. I didn't see that imagery. I didn't see a representation of that. It's just, it seemed like a, a great wrestler, yeah. but I didn't see any of the imagery being reflected that we were sort of teased with over the previous couple of weeks. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I think the the imagery and the story made it sound like he was in a rough neighborhood and he was going to show out his his hard edgedness. But he came out like a bully. Like he was a person from privilege. Not, not to say privilege is a, a thing, but you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying. Like he was an aggressor. Yeah. So again, maybe some time, a window there to get us on board. But hopefully, we see more of him soon. Because the worst thing you want in this situation is to have a match and to take three or four weeks off before your second match, which happens yeah. with some talents in this brand. But yeah. But anyway. Not here to bury the guy, you know? We don't we like kind of show. Uh, yeah. But the other match that started on us off is under Heritage Cup rules, Dave Massive, the bummer against the big strong boy, Tyler Bate. Both men actually lost to A-Kid, which I'm not sure what this means if Tyler Bate would win this one, but the match itself, let's talk about it. Dave Massive is now 0-3. After being one of the favorites to win the cup in the first place, Tyler Bate looks to be a refreshed, reintegrated person on the roster. Something had to give. Unfortunately, it was Dave Masters' record. What does the Bomber have to do next to be on track? Uh, he's definitely gotten to that always a bride, bridesmaid, never a bride situation. He's He always seems like he's in contention, but he's... He's always coming up short when it matters most. And I don't know what he needs to do. You know, you know, I'm a big fan of the aggressive guys, people that do whatever it takes to win. Something I didn't like about this match, something I, that, that really rubbed me the wrong way is after it was over, Mastiff was all smiles and, and fist bumps afterwards. He, he's, as you mentioned, he's lost three in a row. He shouldn't be smiling. He shouldn't be fist bumping people. He should be angry. He should be upset. I want to see him get upset. I want to see him say, I'm sick of losing. I got to do something different. And I think that's what maybe when he goes back to the, the training room or maybe when he goes back to uh, game planning to realize that he's got to stop being friendly with people. He's got to stop being a lovable guy. And he's got to start being the big bomber Dave Mastiff that just crushes people, isn't friendly, isn't trying to be buddies with people, isn't smiling and yucking it up, but really throwing his weight around. 
Speaking of throwing weight around, though, man, you got to give love to Tyler Bate, the original thigh guy. I he lifted up Dave Mastiff. I forgot I about that. The thighs quivering. I don't know. They were pushed to the limit, but he got him up with that incredible airplane spin and that really cool top rope move. Um, I, I don't know what's next for him. You're right because he lost to a kid just recently, so it seems a little unfair for him to go right back into Tyler contention. But um, big win for him there. I don't know what's next for Tyler Bate, but he's just been amazing. The entire wrestling community is like, oh, man, Tyler Bate's so strong. But Jack is like, those thighs were quivering. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, not to change subjects real quick, but I, I do feel like Dave Massive needs to do a little bit of that gallus treatment. Just have just a promo or a story to be like, okay, we're not going to start throwing up the ring, but we got to really take a hard look at what we are and what, we're, what we want to do. Because um, there's no reason why someone who is that physically imposing, I don't even mean size-wise, just the way he, how hard he is, is always on the losing end of a win-loss record. Any uh, any coach would be looking for a new job if that was me. If I was Dave Massive, I would just, you're done. <laughs> uh, but Tyler Bader has been on a tear, so props to him. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. I just, I, I don't know where the I, I don't want to jump in to and miss this point with the show. But you'd mentioned Gallus, and I think it's important because uh, I was thinking that when they were regrouping, they've each lost once. Gallus has each each all three of them have lost once since the reboot that uh, that I can keep at least that I can recall, and they're regrouping. Like that's mm -hmm. what winners do. They lost once, and they're like, "Listen, we got to get our act together." Dave Mastiff has lost three times and he's still yucking it up i think that is a perfect analogy of the difference between the two and why gallus boys are on top and dave mastiff is on the slide i think dave mastiff should be maybe looking to gallus as as a blueprint for what to do and say look i can't lose once without having repercussions yeah, just like me, just like Gallus, I get all my good ideas out of a bar. Flappuccino says, uh, just like the dog breed, Mastiffs are nice, but also tough, so you may want to see that. Yeah, why not? He comes out, I mean, everything is tough until it gets rolled up. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa what? Yeah. Like, it's like almost like a turtle on its back. You're like, come on, Dave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is a guy that's a former number one contender to the NXT United Kingdom Championship. This is a guy that should be like, if he doesn't win every night, fine, but it should be, you bested him in a way that he was like a, a completely win of a contest. Not like rolled up, not like a leverage, not like using his own weight against him. He's had that weight for years. <laughs> yeah, and, and the truth is, Everyone in NXT UK is tough. I mean, everyone in, in W in under the WWE umbrella is tough to an extent, but particularly the NXT UK brand, everyone there is tough. Everyone there hits hard. So you're gonna have to bring something a little more than that to stand out. Now I love Massive. He was my original pick to win the entire uh Heritage Cup tournament. So I know this sounds like I'm being disparaging to the guy, but I just want to see him be successful. And I think that you, you can't be all smiles during losses in a brand as tough as NXT UK if you want to get those wins. True that. Just real quick before we move on, uh, there was a little bit of controversy this week. I mean, controversy is what you want to take it as. Uh, with BET Sport. They had a post on Twitter uh, outlying the, the different female rosters for International Women's Day, which was in a bit of this week. But one person that was omitted from the NXT United Kingdom roster was Amel, the French Hope. And she 
had a promo today. Now, we haven't seen much of him, Mel, in the past couple weeks or, or whatnot, but it does remind me that here's our, these are talents, her and Ava Valkyrie, our talents are, may not be featured on the brand, but they make a point to make sure you don't forget about the characters. I wonder if other brands, especially within the WWE umbrella, can benefit from that kind of methodology. I think so. I think it's such a simple, and I, I said this on Twitter, I think it's a, NXT UK is so good at just very simple, very effective video packages that just remind us that um, people like Amel are still there. They're still working. They're still doing things because especially with an NXT UK, you only got an hour and you've got such a big, talented roster. You're not going to be able to give everyone a match every week. And that's just a great way to remind us all that, oh, yeah, Amel's still out there getting things done and now when she comes back out we're not going to shrug and go amel where has she been all this time we're going to go oh yeah she's the first french wwe women's wrestler she's still doing things she's training hard and now when she comes back i'm excited to see what she can do now when we're talking about what's next for Ginny, what's next for piper niven i think oh yeah amel's out there why doesn't she get involved in this i think it was really well done i think it was a smart move by them and NXT UK is so good at these things. Indeed, next week we're going to have Walter with a statement. I wonder what that means for the championship with the rest of Imperium across the pond. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a banger. One hour later than normal time, which means we'll be one hour later at least, hopefully, uh, if you can get that in there. Uh, but Draping Gold will be, back, will be back next week and an hour later. Jack, mm -hmm. what do you think is on Walter's mind? All I know is if Walter's going to be in the building, I would not be because I feel like... Wait, I thought you were Imperium. Which one is it? I am, but I'm also <laughs> fragile, and I feel like his words alone will wilt my chest. So, wow. um, I'm excited to see what he has to say. I'm excited to see what his next... Uh, what his next uh, challenge is or who his next challenger will be. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be Rampage. I think Rampage is the guy. I think he's proven it. He's beaten all the tough competitors. I'd like to see them go at it. I don't want to jump ahead, but it sounds like maybe Walter might be taking a trip over to uh, the States as well. But either way, man, I mean, he's – he he's not on the top of the mountain. He is the top of the mountain. So – I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he has to say. Interesting indeed. Moving on to US, NXT US or NXT Prime or Classic. I've got to figure out which one we're going to call it here. Uh, but I like the, NXT Prime. It sounds uh, it sounds cool. I don't sounds know. like yeah, Prime, prime Mathematics. Uh, yeah. Two two announcements from uh, Commissioner Regal. Commissioner, wow, General Manager Regal. <laughs> Throwing it way back. Uh, <laughs> two nights to take over. Stand and deliver. WrestleMania week, which means that week is going to be flooded with wrestling programming and the other one was the nxt women's tag team championships question before we even get to the nitty-gritty of today's episode did those two announcements change the game for you or were you expecting more um no it was pretty much what i expected um i will say as far as uh NXT Stand and Deliver, love the name, love that it's, uh, I love the logo, love the, the two-night thing. I don't know if we'll be able to keep up for two nights, though, because the energy and excitement and athleticism of NXT is always so high-paced. I think we're all going to be out of breath before it's over. I'm a little gutted because I thought we were going to be having, uh, you know, uh, WrestleMania here in L.A., 
you know, when this happened and I had blocked off a week, I was ready to go. And now I'm bummed out. I'm not going to get to see it live, but it is what it is. I think it's going to be a great show. I think it's cool that NXT is doing something big for WrestleMania. And you're right, man. We're going to be watching a whole lot of wrestling that yeah. week. Yeah, I do think the, the, the Flash Lane day, getting off topic a bit, but March 21st, having both NWA and Flash Lane starting this like road within the road <laughs> to WrestleMania season. It's going to be nuts. If you don't yeah. count Revolution already, if you're an AEW person. Uh, right. But but the Women's Tag Team Championships were awarded to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, which makes sense. They won the tournament uh, and had a bit of a controversy, but their title reign was short-lived. Let's talk about it. Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart, and that delightful tang that you love so much. Roll down to the ring, and we have new Women's Tag Team Champions. It was um, it was interesting. I, so first off, I'm so glad they have an NXT Women's Tag Team uh, Championship. It feels needed. It feels necessary. It feels like something that they deserve, and that um, you know, it, with all the shenanigans that happened last week, you know, it, this may seem controversial what I'm about to say, but it felt a little bit like NXT was like, okay, we tried doing things your way, Adam Pierce. But we're over it. We're just going to take it and do it our way and make our own titles and do things our way here in NXT. Uh, I think Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai are great first champions. Kind of feels like they should have just had a match for the titles, though, instead of how things played out. But it is what it is. And for your jokes about that tank, by the way, even Beth Phoenix said, don't point that thing at me. It's dangerous. So even Beth Phoenix agrees Shotzi Blackheart should not be allowed to bring that to ring. It's a weapon. It's dangerous. And it shouldn't be around people at all. Well, that's what we call an occupational hazard. Uh, well, I, I think because Dylan Matthews says uh, the short-lived title reign made no sense at all. It didn't help Kaya Gonzalez at all. I disagree. I just dis I disagree, and here's the reason why: Dakota Kai and Rosalia Gonzalez won the tournament, and they got they got they basically put the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions to the limit, but they were screwed out of it. So they had a bit of grievance. Now they were awarded champions, and they came out showed that they were a unit. But I do think Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, as good as they are, and they won the tournament, that's why they awarded the championships, they are ready to move on. Raquel Gonzalez is too good, too strong to be contained in the tag team, and Dakota Kai has been rolling with a tag team partner for what, the past three years, if you count Tegan Knox, I really think it was a cool way to legitimize this championship as quick as you can by having the best team defend it, and it just happens to be Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. But there is some chatter out there, Jack, when I ask you about having two sets of women's sorry sorry that like gibson there two women's sets of tag team championships is this the best idea though is it too much it's too cluttered is it a bad idea no i think it's exactly right because i think nxt women's division is so stacked it can more than maintain a set of women's tag team championships and like i said i think the shenanigans that happened when adam pierce was in the building was too much for william regal to handle i think he said you know what i don't want to deal with all the shenanigans that come with adam pierce and the way he runs things i'm going to do things the william regal way the way that's always worked for nxt in the past i'm just going to run it myself and not worry about adam pierce and his mixing up referees and all this other stuff. I will say it does seem like Shotzi Blackheart has been meddling in everyone else's championship affairs for so long, it finally paid off. Meddling has finally led to some medal of her own. Her and Ember Moon seem to be a, uh, a good tag team champion setup. I think to Dylan's point, it was really more, um, as far as something being pointless, I think it was more 
awarding the titles and then having a match for the titles the same night and someone else getting them as opposed to just saying, let's have a redo of that finals tournament match to declare the first championships. That said, I agree with you long term. I think Raquel is going to bigger and better places anyways. So it is what it is. If you stick with the the common WWE trope of establishing the title with a group and having the second winners be a lot more influential, it was the right call. I, I know I know what you're Dylan saying uh, having it the same night the same night, but Tyler Bate was the inaugural WWE United Kingdom champion, but that championship to me would always be Pete Dunne's belt. And the same thing with with uh, the women's tag team champions championships. The first tag team championship winners are not nearly as remembered as when the, the Iconics had it. True or not? And so I, I'm not upset with that at all. But I understand people are upset about the whole, what's the point if you're a Dakota Kai fan like Dylan is because he is biased because uh, he's from Oceania. I feel like you're digging in real deep to try to find a reason for things to work out the Flobo way, but it's fine. Hey! It is what hey, 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 hey. Um, you can't defend Eddie Dennis for half an hour and be like, you know, get to us some things, Flobo. I think what, what what's really cool about this, what I haven't seen people you know mention or we haven't talked about as well, is um, as teams leave NXT and go to SmackDown or Raw, um, now it's going to be a better transition for them to go as tag teams. So if, for instance, Raquel and Dakota Kai got – called to go to SmackDown and they went as a team, it would be a more legitimized team instead of, oh, here are two former NXT people, let's pair them up. And then hopefully, because NXT is so good at creating so many women stars and women tag teams, those teams will be able to grow on different brands as they move and spread out and all that good stuff and maybe make the entire WWE better as a whole in the long term. Aw, Jack cares. Not about me, but he does care. No, not, not about you at all. <laughs> Let's, <ow. laughs> Let's talk about this main event. Uh, NXT Championship's still alive. Finn Balor gets Adam Cole. And now we had a, a classic, a good one, because those who can always turn their house down. We have some more storyline tendrils with both Kyler O'Reilly and the appearance of Killer Cross. Finally, now I know NXT sometimes does not get the credit for its layer storytelling, but I, for one, love this exchange. Jack Farmer, tell me why I'm wrong this time. For loving the the match, I thought the match the, was great. The match and the two setups between Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Karrion Cross and Finn Balor. The match, I thought the match was great. I thought these two, I mean, you could have Adam Cole and Finn Balor have matches every week for the next 10 years, and it's going to be a great match every single time. Those two guys are just really good together. So it was a fun match to watch. It was fun to see play out. I think the big message at the end of the day, though, is that Pat McAfee was right about everything. And what? He's even, stop. He wasn't even on the show. Stop pulling him in and praising this guy. He wasn't even involved. He said from the get-go everything that was going to happen that did happen. Kyle O'Reilly proving he's the reason the uh, Undisputed Era didn't work out. And the reason is, with all this going on, with his rivalries, with his matches and everything else, he didn't care about the NXT Championship. He was too caught up in his own personal emotional stuff, his own rivalry with Adam Cole that he didn't do what was important, and that was trying to find a way to get back into the NXT title picture. If he cared about the title the way he's supposed to, the way that 
even Adam Cole says it's always about the title, then the undisputed era may still be here. But he lost opportunity after opportunity and now even cost Adam Cole opportunity because Kyle O'Reilly doesn't understand that the title is the most important thing. It's not personal rivalries. It's not what your group breaking up. It's not someone attacking you. It's the title. Finn Balor gets that. And that's why through all this stuff that's going on around him, he's able to hold on to that title because he knows it's not about being a part of the Undisputed Era or them breaking up or them having issues. It's about being the champion. And that's why he's hold, held on to it through all of this, even though there's been tons of great competitors going against him. That's what separates him from guys like Kyle O'Reilly. Flap Jesus says, uh, it always seems like a hot topic to talk about him. Yes, because Pat McAfee's a good talker. He's actually a, a lot better than a lot of people give credit for. But he's had two matches, and he's lost them both. And Jack Farmer and Dylan Matthews in the chat come mm -hmm. here every week and say, Hall of Famer, he should headline WrestleMania, he should yeah. be in the main thing. I want to tell you this, right? Dylan Matthews feels that Pat McAfee is an uncrowned champion. He yeah. hasn't won a bet. And Jack Farmer sits there and just pulls that dude in. You know, if I did that, you know, if I did that, if I was just sitting around with people who's like, you know what? Nobody ever gave Charles Barkley the credit he deserves. It's like, Charles Barkley doesn't wrestle. <laughs> Pat McAfee has two matches. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. when it comes to Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, you guys haven't seen the Ring of Honor stuff. It's classic. They're going to have the eventual uh, uh, fisticuff, whatever. It's going to be great. Fine. You're right. The title matters. Adam Cole has a reason to go after Kyle O'Reilly now. It's a shame there's no Undisputed Era. Wade Barrett asked the question, is it Adam Cole's theme song or Undisputed Era's theme song? I'm about that. But let's talk about Finn Balor. Here's somebody I was thinking uh, whether or not he was going to get involved in the Undisputed Era thing, but Karrion Cross shows up behind his shoulder being like, remember me? Where does this one go? Is it the right time for Karrion Cross to challenge for the belt once again? You know, it's, it's funny because... We We've had our questions on the show about Karrion Cross and where he's going and what he's doing. But when I saw them in the ring together, staring each other down at the very end, it felt box office to me. Finn Balor, Karrion Cross, that feels like the big show. That feels like the big match. That feels like Why? WrestleMania. Why? And I don't know. There's, there's presence. There's, like, you see this guy who's been tearing through people. You see this guy who's been fighting off the Undisputed Era. You see these two huge powerhouses, these huge personalities, these two guys that neither of them are the kind of guys to quit or lose or give up in any way. It feels like a big match. You just get that. Sometimes you see a matchup. And you, sometimes you see guys face off and you, just, you get those tingles. You get that feeling like this is big. This is a big moment. And I got that with these two. I got the same kind of thing that you get when you see a uh, – I know you're going to roll your eyes at this, these comparisons because they're I'm big. Ready. But uh, ready. Like when Hulk Hogan and The Rock faced off each other, and you're like, oh, this is big. This isn't just two big names going at each other. This oh, is wow. special. This is like th – this works. And I got that when they, they stood face-to-face. -face. Now, we've been talking about this is probably going to be what's coming up anyways. So even though it felt like, yeah, obviously these two are going to have a match, once I saw them in the ring together and once I saw Karrion Cross staring at him and Finn Balor step even closer, it felt like this is fireworks. This is big. This is going to be a big show. I like it. I'm all aboard. Uh, I can imagine the light show between both of them would be amazing. 
Uh, and I kind of answered the question is what does Karrion Cross do now? Because I thought he's going to be in this weird holding pattern after taking out Santos Escobar. Uh, Adam Gossie says this, though. Finn Balor is the man of the hour of wrestling, even over Kenny Omega. Jack Farmer, host of Believe the Week, the AEW Dynamite After Show. Thoughts about that statement? I think once you get up to the top levels of pro wrestling, it all comes down to what floats your boat. And really? I think it depends on how you compare certain okay, how, things. How do you, how do you compare the two? <laughs> you. How do you? I, I think right now Kenny Omega is doing bigger things. I think mm. Kenny Omega is doing things in multiple companies. And I think that means that he's doing things that are beyond uh, what just about what any other wrestler in the world is doing right now. Whether or not you like Kenny Omega is one thing, but I think the fact that he is having matches in Mexico at world title levels, he's having matches uh, for impact for world titles, he's defending world titles in AEW, I think that puts you at a different level than someone who stays within one company. Yeah, but Finn Balor's a better dresser, so I'm just moving on. I don't know. Yeah, yo, he is. He is. He I don't is. know about don't that. Even, I, will don't... Say, I will say Finn Balor can wear the hell out of a leather jacket, though. Fair enough. That's common ground, y'all. Uh, Dylan Matthews, once again, adds on and continuing to be a WrestleMania. That'd be kind of fun to see an NXT title match at WrestleMania. I doubt that would happen for the men anytime soon, um, but that would be great if I was able to do it this year. I don't know if it'll ever happen if they're doing double takeovers the week of WrestleMania, if that becomes a, a staple. Right. Uh, well, WrestleMania is going back to a day show next year, so I'm pretty sure NXT will go back to a day show uh, next year as well. So this is my assumption with NXT. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that main event was great. Uh, I love the fact that Finn Balor was like sensed him. And it wasn't a, a beat down, it's Kyrie Cross. Oh my gosh, because we've seen Finn do that over the past couple weeks. So it was great. Uh, moving on to beatdowns, though. Legado de Fantasma had a match against GYV, but MSK and Fandango got involved. This, to me, I guess another instance of layered storytelling. The tag team division has a little bit of a secondary storyline. Let's talk about it. Four teams involved in this dust-up and fisticuff. Uh, who looked strong? Who looked weak? What you love? What didn't you like? More importantly than any layered storytelling, more importantly than this being a secondary story or anything like that, is that all these teams are fantastic. Every single, all four of them are great. All four of them are people I want to see compete. Uh, I think the team that really stepped up here, though, and, and really elevated their game over the past few weeks, even though their win-loss record may not totally re reflect it, is Legado Del Fantasma. I know I'm a big fan of them, and I know I'm always talking about how Huge. much I love them. But when you think about it, if you had gone back two months ago and said to yourself, these two guys are going to be in the ring with Dusty Cup winners, with grizzled young veterans, well, Brizongo too, but... Uh, and said they're going to be getting wins and they're going to be hanging in there and looking every bit at their level, I think you'd say that seems like a big step up. Yeah, here they are. They got a win over Grizzled Young Veterans today. They were standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with legends like Brizongo. They are dealing with guys like MSK. I think they've really elevated their game. They're really looking good, and they were really fun to watch today as well. But uh, I like it. I like that you've got these four teams that are all incredible, all entertaining, and the combinations of all of them are going to be fun to watch happen over the next few weeks. Not to be a detractor, but as is Brizango legend status in your opinion? Um, they, they are, 
Um, I think they are, um, but there's different types of legends, if that makes sense. You know, legends rise. You know, they're they're not like um, Goldberg legends, but they are like guys that you like, like honky tonk man legends. I guess. <laughs> okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like, Say no more, fam. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a legend, right? Like to be fair, but um, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're like this unstoppable force, but they're great. And I'll be honest, man, Brizongo looks like he's been bulking up too. He looked big. Wait, which one? Breeze uh, or Fandango? Um, Fandango. Uh, fan, uh, fan okay, say. yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, he gets mad. We call him Fandango. <laughs> Fandango. Okay, uh, gotcha. Um, yeah, I see it in the um, in the torso. In the torso yeah, is kind of he looks up, like yeah. he's, he looks like he bulked up. I was a little bummed out because MSK were dancing and he stopped them, and I was thinking, oh, maybe this is where he gets serious. Maybe this we get a, a new a new version of them. But then he went back to the dancing. I want to see him get. I want to see him get serious. I, I've seen him dance for years. I want to see him get serious. I want to see him start trying to to get some wins and and take himself seriously. I thought about that too, but I feel like that's a lot more valuable now when you try to bring these tag teams and everyone's all like, Arr! and you don't really have any comedy teams except for Everrise. Like, why not be that one that can go both ways in that, in that regard? You know? I want to see more Everrise too. I love those guys. Oh, those guys are, yo, follow them on social media if you haven't. Those guys are like Mike Martell and Chase Parker. Do that. Uh, but speaking of the guys in Phantasma, Santos Escobar was put on notice by the true. Cruiserweight champion Jordan Devlin, who somehow cuts promos in airports now. Fine, whatever. Uh, say he's going to go to NXT stateside to settle this one through for all. Jack Farmer, we've been waiting for this longer than a virus vaccine. Devlin Escobar is going to be box office. Who do you got? This is going to be such an amazing match. I'm really excited to see it finally happen. You know where my allegiance lies as far no, as I don't. true cruiserweight champion is. <laughs> I don't. So I'm not going to go down that path again. Please go down that path. Pick I one. I want to see these two guys go at it so bad. It's a match we've been waiting you. for so long. I um, and I wonder if th this matchup will be before or after Trent 7. I think that's something that we've got to think about. Will this be before or after the Trent 7 match? And if you're Trent 7, who are you preparing for? That's true. I think he had Devlin in the uh, the bullseye on this, uh, you know, speed bag or whatever. But it'd be kind of weird if they do have that match as Santos Escobar wins. Still money because Trent Seven is that good. Uh, but I, the fact you won't pick one, I just look. Flap is saying, "Go down that path. Go down that path." Then Dylan says, "Jordan beats Escobar. He should. He absolutely should." I've been saying it. I've been saying it for months since this whole Say thing now. started. Since the first one that happened. Once, once there's more. One true cruiserweight champion. And, and he I'm is? not talking about Juventud Guerrera. I'm talking the about. <laughs> Come on, we all know this could. No, no, I don't, Jack. <laughs> Santos Escobar, Jordan Devlin. I'm, I'm asking you to pick it now, so we can clip it out and tell if you're wrong. Who do you have in this match? The guy holding the title. If you they don't are have both the, holding you titles. Know, you know, uh, possessions nine tenths of the law, Flobo. So the guy with the championship is the guy who is the true cruiserweight champion. So if Santos Escobar faced Jordan Devlin, are you saying Santos Escobar will win both titles? Yes or no? I think that when they have a match, it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be That's so good. <laughs> it's not going to be a thumb wrestling contest. I know that. Who's going to win the match, Jack? Tell uh, us. Um, well, it sounds like it's going to be stateside. So I'm going to give the uh, the nod to 
Santos Escobar. I think that the travel is going to uh, wear on Jordan Devlin, and I think that Santos Escobar, not only having the home field advantage, also has some help stateside as well. And depending, again, if it's before or after his match with Trent Seven, I think Jordan Devlin's going to be a little worn out as well. So I think there's just too many cards stacked against the Irish ace. I would have cried if he was like, well, the United States is neutral territory because Santos is Mexican and Jordan is Irish. I'm like, no, <laughs> but you said he's there first. Santos Escobar has been Jack's pick. So when Jordan Devlin wins, I can rub him in your face. <laughs> uh, well, else? No, I should say, I should have said the winner will be us, the fans. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been. Guy. The, <laughs> Um, another part of this, the, the wild world of NXT, I want your opinion on is uh, Imperium. And I mentioned this on Twitter. They just seem to me to be a group that wouldn't evangelize. They wouldn't recruit, but they seem to be actively recruiting toothless Timmy. And I guess Ciampa doesn't even care because he's like, hey, Timmy, get to work next week. Are we going to see a new recruit? And is his name Timothy Thatcher? I've been wanting them to recruit for a long time. I love the fact that they're recruiting. I love the fact that they're growing. Um, it was interesting because they were trying to recruit Thatcher. They're like, hey, Thatcher, we want you to join. And I guess if the other guy has to come, that's okay too. And then Champo was like, hey, I don't need them, right? Let's go, buddy. And Thatcher was quiet. It's, it's kind of like, I think Thatcher's thinking about it and he should think about it. I think it'd be a great opportunity for him to really start to pair up with some winners that are going places. Ooh, winners that are going places. Savage. Yeah. I if, I'm, if I'm Champa, I, I would be trying to hold on to those coattails and I'd be trying to join Imperium because that's, I think, a great next step for him. I'm always, I'm torn on this one because, like, on one hand, Thatcher respects the ring, has his own school, which I guess would be merged, right? Uh, I see him in the jumpsuit, but at the same time, I don't see Thatcher submitting to Walter. So that, to me, may be kind of odd, but, hey, maybe I'm just overthinking it. I think either one of those guys stepping in the ring with Walter is going to be very bad for them. I think, I think yes. it's poorly no matter who you are stepping into the ring with Walter. <laughs> and um, I, I don't think either of those guys has what it takes to take the belt off of Walter. I don't, I don't know who does on planet Earth, but I don't think it's either of those guys. You know who has no opportunities, but maybe has one next week? Your boy, L.A. Knight, has his in-ring debut in his terms, even though Bronson said next week we're going to fight. He's like, okay. Gets <laughs> the colossal Bronson Reed. Uh, it's all signs are pointing for L.A. Knight to impress. Maybe I need you to help me out with this because you're more familiar with the mid-period and late-period Eli Drake work, but I'm starting to struggle to find the differences between Eli Drake and L.A. Knight. Well, either way, this match will be a banger. I don't think there's any differences. I think you're basically dealing with the same guy. He's just a little wiser, a little more crafty, a little bit more of a veteran now than he used to be. The problem is Bronson Reed, I mean, he showed if you just walk up and choke someone, you don't need any ring savvy or veteran talents if you're big enough and strong enough. I think this is going to be a really fun match, again, against two guys who can't afford to lose right now. Bronson Reed, he can't afford to get losses. He's still, in, even though he's gotten some wins, 
he's still in a place where he needs to start building up that resume so he can start getting title shots. But LA Knight can't walk in day one and lose either, especially if you're going to be as big of a talker as he is. So I think that next week has got to be one of the must-see, can't-miss matches of the week. Yeah, uh, like Dylan says in the chat, uh, he's like, uh, wrestle the glasses. He's <laughs> like, wrestles with glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, thanks for the love, Flav. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, yeah. Um, I mean, it's I have to like, carry Flobo a little bit, but... Uh, yeah, it's all he does all the work, really. I just show <laughs> up and go, Jack, you crazy? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's LA's nice match to win. Uh, I hate to see it because I'm a big Bronson Reed fan. I actually bought his merch full price. Uh, so you know I'm all about it. That's but I hate you! <laughs> <laughs> Bronson uh, Reed again, probably my favorite entrance music though right now. Oh, dude, yep, yep. Dude, Battle tested. I'm cold blooded. If you're working out, and I was working out, and I was like dying. You know, sometimes you're working out, and you're like you're dying, and yeah. then that song came up on shuffle, and it's just like, yeah, I'm battle tested. It's just like, yeah, I'm ready for war. I just, oh. I just continue uh, curling those fives like uh, battle like the, plat- no, the, the pink plastic covering. <laughs> pink plastic <Yeah>. weights. Ah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm battle tested. <laughs> Give me those grandma. Those are my weights. <laughs> grandma. As I throw them down on the ground when I'm done lifting. <laughs> like, like, dink, dink, dink. Uh, elsewhere. They float down. <laughs> Lifted feathers. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, we had uh, Zia Lee and Caden Carter. And it was Zia Lee winning by no contest, or I should say by disqualification. But here's a question I have for you, Jack. Boa got involved for quite a second. Uh, before Caden Carter th- threw a crutch at him, uh, which is pretty mm-hmm. funny. Uh, what does that mean, though? Is, is Boa going to be the version of Zia Lee in the main roster? Did you want to see that? Or did you like the fact that he was kind of hanging back? Talk about the entire segment. So I thought it was very smart that Casey finally realized what she has to do if she wants to survive against Zia Lee, and that's hit her with weapons. That's the only chance those two have is if they gang up on Zia Lee and use weaponry to slow her down. Um, Zia Lee, I still think she is gold bound. I think she's there's very few people on the roster that I think can hang with her at this point. She's so strong looking, so unstoppable. Boa, I want him to be the exact same thing in the men's division. I want to see him start wrecking people. I want to see him start destroying people. I want to see him get in the ring. He's so good in the ring already, but I want to see the new version of him in the ring I agree. Uh, and, and start wrecking people. I want to see these two just go on a tear. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious. I always thought Bo was going to be the, the guy, the guy in the back. But after seeing how aggressively he got in there, I was like, you know what? It's about high time we see what new Boa does, or if his presentation is any different, or if, if, if does he get support? Is there a Boa for a Boa? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we'll love to see that. I hope that happens soon. Really, I, I would love to see him walk out with like a, the feather Boa, <laughs> just, just still acting the same, but he just has a, a like a. Feather boa to go. Pictures of him on, on each other feather. <laughs> it's just like it's it's a me. Uh. But but their their whole presence, their whole look, they're instantly engaging. Again, they're they're people that if you don't watch wrestling, you turn it on and you see them come out and their music, you're like, what is this? 
who are right. these people? Um, and I want to see, I want to see them do more. And I want to see, but I definitely want to see Boa get involved because I love everything Zia Lee's doing. So if you're saying I could have Zia Lee and Boa doing stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Here's, here's take my money. Jack is like, recruit me too. Let me to every faction at once. <laughs> it's like three costumes a show. I'm like, what's Jack doing? It's all tearaways. So I can just tear away, I tear away the Imperium and then I'm in the Legato Del Fantastic outfit and I tear that away. Dress in layers. Uh, <laughs> but we cannot sign off today uh, without talking about Jake Atlas and Pete Dunn. No, we can't leave them today. We'll talk about the NXT Women's Championship. This contest opened the night uh, with Io Shirai against Tony Storm. Going into this, as big as a Tony Storm fan as I was, and I am, she had a huge mountain to climb, and the Yoshirai had the upper hand. Tony Storm's going crazy. Is she going to be NXT Scarlet Witch? Jack, what do you think? Tony Storm is, um, again, one of those people that is just becoming a little too comfortable losing in big spots. She's another one of those people that, I mean, when you look at her on paper, she's got everything with the look, the style, the talent, the strength. She, she can hang with anybody, it seems, except for Io Shirai. Uh, she had Io Shirai's number before this, but um, I think Tony needs to figure out a way to get back on track. I don't know if it's maybe going after the tag team titles. Um, I think if you're one of the women in NXT right now, the tag team titles have to be what you're looking at because Io is just unstoppable right now. And mm -hmm. the fact that she got another big win over the person that she couldn't beat before and then going on to challenge Raquel Gonzalez, that's what happens when you're this good flow, but that's what happens when you're that unstoppable. Eventually, you find yourself having to go find lands to conquer. You know, you have to, when you, once you've taken over everything you know, you have to start saying, now I need to go look for other things. And we've seen people like Kaylee Ray do this in the past, where she goes, look, I've beaten everyone here. Who else can I find? I think that's what Ian's doing. She's like, look, I've been waiting for challengers to come and I've been knocking them off one, two, three. Now I need to just go pick the biggest, baddest person in the room and pick a fight with them. And uh, I think I think that would be a big one. Tony Storm looks like she needs a little bit of redirection with her last couple outings. But you actually mentioned this a second ago. Io Shirai challenging Raquel Gonzalez to a good old match at Reno in the, in the future. We all know it's going to slap. We all know it's going to bang. We know Raquel Gonzalez has proven time and time again she's reliable in that second hour main event. Io Shirai is one of the best people on the planet, gender aside, to lace up a pair of boots currently. But here's my concern. If Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez have a match, how do you have a victor? How do you have a winner? Where does it go if one wins over the other? I think right now, we, a few months back, I invested stock in Raquel Gonzalez. I said that go. she is going to do well. She's an unstoppable force. And when I said that, I thought, okay, maybe she'll, she'll do some big things and, and win some big matches. And then she went to the Dusty Cup. And I was like, she's going to keep on going. She went all the way to the Dusty Cup. And I thought that was going to be the end of it. But then she became the first ever NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. Player. And now she could be going for the NXT title. Look, this is bigger than GameStop stock it's going through the <laughs> roof i'm riding it to the moon oh your joke i'm sorry dude i had no idea <laughs> no, no. <laughs> my apologies <laughs> no no it's perfect so i think she's gonna win the title i think she's taking the title from eo shirai what eo does after that i don't know but yeah. i think that raquel gonzalez it's just like bane when he when he went to beat batman he didn't just beat batman first 
first Batman had to clear out all the other villains in Gotham. Batman had to fight all the other folks. And right now, EO's at that point where she's fought all the other challengers within NXT. And there, Raquel Gonzalez is to break the back of the bat and take that title and be the new NXT Women's Champion. I know this seems to be a nice escape plan for a lot of NXT talents, but if Io Shirai loses to Raquel Gonzalez, does she get a rematch? Does she regroup? Or will we just have her move on to another brand? You know, Io Shirai's, she's, it, it's, it's tough because she's not like any other champion. She's not like any other competitor. She truly is one of the best on the planet. So, of course, if she went to SmackDown, she'd be great there. If she went to Raw, she'd be great there. If she stayed in NXT, she'll still be great there. If she started a tag team, she'd still be great. She can literally do whatever she wants. And it's almost a, a situation where she has the burden of choice of mm. so many options and so many different things she can do. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But um, I, I do think that Raquel is going to be the one. And I've never predicted anyone's going to be EO before, but this is the time. I think it's going to happen. You uh, Actually, you're right. I don't think you ever have uh, in a recent run, which is a lot about how our talent is. But, uh, mm -hmm. yep, it's uh, about time we hit the high trail there, Jack Farmer. Draped in gold. Before we get out of here, of course, it's to that time for the MVP of NXT. That's where I ask you. A person, tag team, or staff member that stuck out for you in NXT UK or NXT Prime? I'm going to give it to Raquel Gonzalez. I think the fact that she became a first ever NXT Women's Champion tonight. She also officially put her name in the hat as a challenger for the NXT Women's Championship. She's no longer the person who's tagging along with Dakota Kai. She's no longer the person who's a tag team. She is an official singles bona fide champion level star. And I think that was a huge step up for her. Well, um, that's a easy case to make, but I'm picking Shotzi Blackheart as long as she comes with her tank, just to spite you. So that does it for me. <laughs> and she'll win it every single week from now on. It's the, it's the Kenny Omega best dress of this show. That's <laughs> oh my goodness. This is Draped in Gold. Every Thursday next week will be on an hour later because NXT UK will be on an hour later. Hopefully they don't have a crazy overrun and all that. But uh, Jack Farmer, where can the world find you online? You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. You can also check me out on Elite of the Week every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. This past week, uh, along with you, Flobo, we had a special guest, James Kincaid, who is the voice of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and Primetime Live. So it was really cool to have him on as a guest. Make sure to check that out where we power rank all the AEW wrestlers. Also on the Everything Tournament right after this show. And finally, I am on Championship Wrestling from hollywood as a host and interviewer so check that out as well damn what don't you do uh yeah this is uh draped in gold draped in gold .com. support the show and other shows by becoming a member of the boisterous crew at patreon.com slash flobo voice that's me you can follow me three separate ways if you want to check me out on twitter at flobo voice if it's just me hanging at new underscore Amsterdam for my podcast. And if you like the gate cream of Carball Rocket League, Novanta RL, that's where I get to tell you all my casting exploits and video game memes and jokes and all that stuff. But until next time, Jack Farmer, say the words. Do your best and be yourself.